This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. There's lots out there that's happening in Edmonton. I mean, we are not a sleepy city like most people think. I'm Ralph Garcia. And I'm Sophia Young. And you're listening to That's Food from CJSR, revealing the backstory to Edmonton's food one meal at a time. So, Ralph, what is our story today? Good question. I couldn't just pick one kind of food, so instead, I picked a lot of them. A lot of them? What do you mean? What's one place you would find a lot of food? Well, I don't know, a pantry? Or maybe a fridge? Close, but not really. I sat down and had a chat with Milena Santoro, who's on the board of directors for Events Edmonton. We talked about Taste of Edmonton, the largest food festival in Western Canada. Wow, did that sound a lot of food? Today, we'll be talking about what Taste of Edmonton is, how it shows us the multicultural side of food, and how we address one of the largest problems that come with festivals. So, stay tuned for a tasty interview. Taste of Edmonton is Canada's largest food festival across the board. So it typically is a a 10-day festival that happens in July. It attracts over 500,000 people during that time. And there's typically about 47 to 53 food vendors. And these vendors are like restaurants along with food trucks and pop-ups, right? So there's a lot of variety there. Um, And what makes it even unique is the... um, the entertainment component that's attached to the festival. So it's free, right? It's free to attend and you basically buy the food with the tickets that you purchase. And then the entertainment is again, 10 days of different genres of entertainment. So you have your rock, you have your pop, you have your country, you have the multicultural component. Yeah, so every night there is a a different stage entertainment where you can eat and drink and relax and, you know, you're under the beautiful Edmonton sky. Hopefully it doesn't rain. course it's a local event it's been around like I said 35 years so to give you some more history on that um, it it started from it comes from the Klondike days so the K-Days do you remember that well you're probably too young for that even before K-Days and the Klondike etc it used to be part of Klondike Association so then they branched off and became their own Events Edmonton who produces the Taste of Edmonton so they're a non-profit organization What can you tell us about the economic impact that Taste of Edmonton had? We bring in easily over 50, 60, probably 100,000 at this point, outside visitors from out, you know, sort of surrounding areas and other provinces because we have such a great reputation. So people will come, tie in a a visit, a, a vacation, and there's an economic impact. And that's the one thing that most people don't understand is that when you're producing an event in any one city, there's gonna be impact. People are flying in, so you have contribution to 
airlines and travel, right? People are working, you know, people taking cabs, so cab drivers are working, right? You go into other restaurants, so then again, you're supporting hospitality and other restaurants. So there's a huge economic impact. In fact, I think from one of the most recent economic uh, surveys that we did, we were able to measure that 9.6 million economic activities supported are supported in Edmonton because of our event. 5.1 million in visitor spending directly attribute to the Taste of Edmonton. Again, you know, like I said, you come into a city, you, you're going to stay overnight, you're going to book a hotel, you're going to stay at an Airbnb, whatever that looks like. You'll probably stay with family, but still, you're going to take your family out for dinner, you're going to go see a show. Just so much extension from that one event. How does Taste of Edmonton show us the multicultural side of food? Generally speaking, again, you know, we have a representation of all community at the through food. Of course, it's all through food at Taste of Edmonton. So we typically don't double up, not because we don't want others. It's just we want to make sure that we're creating uh, and providing a variety of, of what's out there, right? We have, of course, Italian. We've got Chinese. We've got East Indian. We have Vietnamese. We have, oh gosh, we have like every culture in Edmonton. Caribbean, we have the Jamaican, like we have every culture that's pretty much represented there. And then of course we have, you know, cool one-offs of uniqueness, like for instance uh, the, the coconut drink that was the new in the palm tree thing that they were handing out. And then of course like the bubble tea that's like very novel, right? Keep in mind, these are all local businesses because that's our mandate, right? We want to shine the light on local businesses and what they're doing. One of the biggest problems with food festivals is food waste. So what does Taste of Edmonton do about this? So where's the food going? There's no very little food waste because again, we try to help. We support our vendors in a big, big way where, where we, we train them, we teach them, we support them in terms of how much do you prep, how much do you serve? And of course, there's all of those elements of food safe, of course, that are part and parcel of this. So yeah, you know, our food waste is very limited. Although generally speaking, events are the second next to construction, I believe, in terms of waste. What's in the future for Taste of Edmonton? We are now going back to Churchill Square. We're pretty excited about that because the layout is going to be a little different. The space itself, you know, of course, the new library is there as well. A new square, a new piazza there. But yeah, we're pretty excited because we've got some really neat ideas in terms of how the logistics are going to roll out. And of course, we're in planning right now. You know, it takes it takes a good year to plan this kind of an event. There's a lot of back of the house, back scenes, behind the scenes, logistical things that goes into planning this event which most people don't realize you know and then of course lining up all the sponsorship vendors and then working with the volunteers and the community you know there's a lot of red tape that we go through when we're planning this working with the city of course and our other partners so yeah there's a lot of work that goes into this behind the scenes that's why we need a good year to to focus on this caliber of event if you had to choose one dish that represented Edmonton the best what would it be the spicy chicken from the Lingnan definitely stands out right now. Maybe because it's lunchtime. I'm going to quote this Chinese food of Edmonton. They're the long-standing Chinese restaurant around. They've got a long, long history. I want to say like 60 years. When you talk about what represents food in Edmonton and Taste of Edmonton, they've been one of our longest vendors with us too. So I definitely would want to go with the spicy chicken from the Lingnan. And that's all for today's episode of That's Food. 
which is produced by yours truly. Thanks again to Melena Santoro for coming onto the show. Our music is by Dad Hoyer. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and on our website dasfood.transistor.fm. You can contact us at dasfood@cjsr.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at dasfoodcjsr. Das Food is produced at CJSR in Edmonton on Treaty Six territory. Just one thing, before we go. What is it? Did you know that eating food later at night will give you less calories than eating it during the day? Wow, is that true? Nope, but that's food. <laughs>